It is 7.26 in the morning. We are on First Avenue in Playa del Carmen. You're on a walk with Wade. <laughs> this is the fifth walk in a row. It is Thursday. We're going to complete this week. I feel it. I can feel it. It's happening. I've got a good one for you today. Uh, we're going to take our trip back to Bali and describe what it's like to finally get freedom in Bali. And that comes in the way of a scooter. We're going to talk about the scooter today. But first, I just want to give a thanks. We had our first coffee uh, gifted through the buymeacoffee.com slash sellers. My good buddy Simon, who coincidentally enough, I met out in Bali. Uh, just super cool dude, Simon Halcrow. He bought me five coffees. So for the rest of the week, we're going to be thanking Simon in his offer for, for throwing out the walking sponsored beverage, you know, the sponsored beverage of the walk, which is super cool. Today it is a venti cold brew with almond milk iced coffee. It's absolutely delicious on a perfect day. Thank you, Simon, for supporting the walk. Thank you for supporting the show. This is super cool. And uh, come around tomorrow and I'll be thanking you again. So here we are. I want to get to these stories a little quicker because I'm noticing that these are going to hit like 30 minutes sometimes. And if I put out something every single day, 30 minutes is kind of a big ask for you to stick around for. I hope you're enjoying the stories. I hope they're worth 30 minutes of your day. I think they might be, but also that is a big chunk. I'm not the only podcast out there and you're going on more walks and runs, but you probably want to listen to some of those other things. I just diverted your attention here, stole your time away from the other podcasts. And I don't think I need to bogart it. I just want to drop a little story your way and have a little fun with you today. So if that sounds good, let's start this walk. It's absolutely gorgeous day. This is a quieter street to tell the story on. There's not as many cars. I'm going past uh, the Hilton right now. The Hilton and the Hyatt are like the big hotels here. And it's just small businesses. Everything is still closed. 7.30 in the morning, nothing's open around this time. People are just like getting the doors open. And um, instead of Playa del Carmen, Mexico, let's transport back to Bali, where I believe this would end up being part three of the story. So... Just a quick recap, if you haven't followed the first two, I recommend you go back to episode three of The Walk with Wade and start there. But we basically upended our entire life down in Florida, sold everything, moved, flew all the way to Bali, have been sticking around and learning Bali for the last week and getting all through the weird kinks and and also uh, meeting some new friends after leaving basically everybody we knew and anything that we knew. And now... It's New Year's Day, 2019, fresh year started, and I got a scooter on the way. That's right. So in Bali, scooters are like main transport, okay? There are cars, sure, and some people will walk, but the way these roads are made and the way the traffic system is, it really is advantageous to the scooter owner, the scooter driver, the scooter renter, which more cases than not, the scooter renter for anyone that's like me coming in. So... You get there, you start walking, you realize this is not the way. There's no sidewalk. The streets are small. Scooters are zipping by you like inches from your, inches from your body, right? There's cars like right there. It's, it's just not the best place to be walking around. Everyone's driving those scooters. So I wanted one as well. Well, through Dojo Co. Living and their amazing like service and attendance, I swear this isn't a plug, but I feel like it could be. <laughs> if you do go to Bali, that's where I recommend if you haven't done this travel and stuff, long term and 
you're not so comfortable figuring out accommodations as much, this place will just set you up for success. You just go to the co-living, you're already hooked up with the co-working, amazing culture, amazing friends you're gonna meet, the service attendants, like everyone that works there is awesome. It's just, they got the whole thing figured out. I can't speak highly enough of them, especially if you're like a first time Bali goer, traveler, like just getting your feet dirty in this remote digital nomad lifestyle. That's the place to go if you go to Bali. So I talked to, this, to uh, the people that are working there and like, how do I get a scooter? And they're like, yeah, 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 we got a guy, like we, we always pass him off. And uh, his name is G'day. This I guess would be another shout out. Uh, if anyone ever wants his WhatsApp number, you just give me a shout. You can email me at wade at wadesellers.com and just say, who's your scooter guy in Bali? And like, I'll gladly pass him off. I worked with him the, every, the entire time I was at Bali. Super fair guy uh, when it comes to pricing. He's very, very good about his scooters. He delivers them straight to you. If you're ever broken down, he comes to you to fix them. Like I had a issue with uh, the turn signal and he's like, where are you at? I was like, oh, I'm working from this cafe. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just, I'll just come by and fix it. And he just like came over with a light bulb, brought his tools and solved the problem. So super cool dude. And uh, just honestly, like there's a lot of people renting scooters and a lot of times it's just who you know uh, to get a good one. This is who I know. And he'll definitely hook you up with a good one. So I ordered my scooter. G'day shows up uh, in the morning, New Year's Day, and I'm stoked. It's like, it is, do you hear that scooter just went by me? It's a sign. <laughs> I'm stoked. The scooter is there. It's called a, uh, ah, I'm losing the train of thought, a Scoopy, sorry. It's called a Scoopy. It's this little black, it looks like a Vespa. It's like a poor man's Vespa, okay? It's like not a Vespa, but it looks like one. And it's called a Scoopy. It's a 125cc, like little scooter, but that's plenty to get you around. And um, he shows up, and I mean, you should have saw that look on my face. It was like, freedom is right there. Here it is. Because I saw what you get when you get a scooter. You get the freedom. And it's like a Ferrari shows up, and, you know, I pay him the money. Uh, so this with him, uh, I, I think in the beginning I was paying 850 k uh, a month. I think that turned into 700. I had stayed there over, you know, almost over a year if you like add it all up. Sorry, something's on my ear. There we go. Um, I got to about 700K after like making friends and like, you know, creating the, the bond with them, which is about 50 bucks a month. 50 bucks a month for a scooter, all you want. So he drops it off, he hops on, he, he goes down with someone else, hops on the back of that one, and off he goes. And now I've got a scooter, a helmet, the key. And I just got to fill up the tank and I'm ready to go. So off I go. Now, this is where it just starts to get super fun. Um, okay, actually, first off, let me talk about the gas. You got to go get gas. They like deliver them to you on an empty tank. Go figure. <laughs> so the way gas works in Bali, you it's like there's gas pumps on the side of the road. They're not like gas stations. There are a couple of those, but mainly for like vehicles. Um, there's just like gas pumps in random people's like front like like the front of their house will have a gas pump or a little a little snack shack will have a gas pump and they just look like these old school old school gas pumps they're always like red yellow and blue but they have a turn crank on the side and that turn crank pulls the fuel up into this glass container up at the top and they have basically like gas prices apparently don't change because they tape, they put tape on that glass container that the fuel goes into, and uh, like they write on the tape, like 
10,000, 15,000, 20,000, 25,000. And just, just for comparison's sake, um, $1 is about 15,000 Indonesian rupiah. So when you hear like, when you hear like 15,000, think $1. When you hear 45,000, think, you know, $4, stuff like that. And then just multiply it by 10. So $450,000 would be $40, right? Stuff like that. So that's how this, that's how this system works. So you just pull up, you know, whoever owns the house or whatever comes out and you just kind of tell them how much you want, or you just say, fill it up. And the, uh, my scooters would fill up for about 30,000. Like if, if you were all the way bone dry, about 30,000. So that's about $2. You'd fill, you'd fill the scooter up for about two bucks. Heck of a deal. Heck of a deal. And, um, you know, you'd give them, you'd give them the 30 K and off you'd go full tank of gas. Now I got my scooter and this is where we get into the beauty of Bali. Once you get a scooter. So the scooter is your freedom in Bali. It is, it's, it's the best part of it. Real reason is, is Chenggu, the town I lived in when I, when I was in Bali, it's, it's a small I would say it's a it's a big town or small city, depending on how you how tall you see buildings when you think of the word city. There's not like tall tall buildings. Like there are some uh, like hotels that maybe are like four or five stories. There's not skyscrapers. That's not what this is. It's mostly one, two, maybe three story buildings mostly, and then you get a couple tall kind of multi unit apartment situation, and that's really it. So, uh, but it's kind of big. It's it's a little too big to be walking. Now, when you get that scooter, you're kind of free, you know? You ever just like get in your car and just drive and just drive somewhere where you don't know where you're going? I love to be able to say, yes, I've done that. But honestly, even when I had a car in the States, I never really did that. I never just like said like, I wonder what's down there and went. But now I'm new in Bali. I'm new as of like, I don't know, six days in Bali. I have... If you hear that clanking, those are uh, dive tanks that they're loading up onto a bicycle trolley to take it down to the boat. People are going scuba diving. So that's the tanks getting onto the bike. Yep, we're down we're right down by the beach here. So, um, where am I at? Okay, so you get the scooter and you're free. And I don't know anything about Bali. I don't know any of these streets. It's all new to me. And, you know, you watch those, uh, you watch those YouTube videos. I guarantee anyone uh, that's traveling as tourism going to Bali, has looked up YouTube, looked up Bali, and probably watched all the same videos. And what is one of the most popular things you see? Scootering down a road in the middle of rice fields by some sort of drone shot, right? That's like the image, I feel like it was baked in my head. When I got my scooter, I was like, rice fields, drone shots. Even though, you know, I didn't have a drone or anything, but I was like, rice fields. (laughs) So I hop on my scooter, you know, I'm already confident with a scooter. I owned one when I was down in Florida, so I was good to go. And I just got going. Um, man, I went around the town. I figured out, like, the roads and where I was at. Uh, by this time, I had my SIM card figured out. So, like, I had service, which meant I had Google Maps. And I just kind of got lost. I just went out for a few hours. Just turned left and right as much as I wanted. Um, felt totally safe. And I just went out. Eventually, you know, maybe 10 minutes later, I was out of the town. I got past, like, the last main road. And I'm going down that main road, and I just see, like, well, that looks like a pretty road. And that literally is how it works in Bali. Like, that like that little statement I just made, that's how your brain works when you're just going for a cruise in Bali. You're going down the road, and you're just like, 
you just look and you see a turn and you're like, oh, that looks like a pretty road. And you just turn down it. It doesn't matter. Like, even if you're like on your way somewhere, but you know you're not like in a rush, you're like, oh, that looks like a pretty road. And you just go down it. You just figure out what's down there. And this is honestly, if you go, I suggest that you get in that mindset of this looks like a pretty road and just go look at it because oftentimes this is how you discover hidden warungs, which are like little Indonesian cafes with delicious like homestyle food, like honestly like delicious. I wouldn't call it healthy, but I call it delicious. Homestyle like mom and pop, like they just have a kitchen and they just cook and they have some recipes and they cook food. Very, very, very cheap, like $1 meals, stuff like that, like like $2 meals. Um, or you come, you like turn left down a road and you're like, oh my God, it's so beautiful. And then you end up seeing some sign for some waterfall and there's an entrance like trail into, you know, into the jungle or into the woods or whatever it is. And you just like hop off and just go to it. And all of a sudden you're like at those waterfalls. Like there are these tourist style waterfalls. Sure. And there's plenty of them to be had. And you're going to hear a bunch of them if you do go. But there's like a thousand other ones. Like Bali is like, man, Bali is so diverse. And, and there's just like things like it might be someone's backyard. And then you go down some trail go through some backyards potentially, go down some trail, and then all of a sudden you're like, what? And there's like some hidden waterfall oasis, like literally just 20 minutes away from where you live. This, this is how Bali works. And the scooter gets you there. The scooter helps you get lost, and the scooter kind of helps you find, find, your, find your path, find your way in Bali. You know what I mean? Like you, you kind of get lost, and at the same time, it's sort of therapeutic. You're just thinking to yourself. Now, some of the other things that go with this when you have a scooter is starting to learn how traffic works in Bali, uh, in Indonesia in general. But, um, okay, so I don't know what the numbers are, but it's something like 50 million like in, like in Indonesia, or maybe it's more. It's, it's, it's a ton of, there's a ton of people in Indonesia, and there's a lot of people in Bali, and there's a lot of people on scooters and vehicles in Bali all over the place especially on those main roads. Traffic, it's not like the Western world, okay? It is kind of like a, it's, it, it's, it's organized chaos is what it is. It, it's pretty amazing how it works. There are very little lulls, and because of that, everyone sort of greedily takes their spot on the road. And since everybody does it, it sort of works in an organized fashion. It's like organized greed. I'll try to explain. So you're going down, you're going down the road, and if, if someone's going slower than you, you just pass them. There's no passing zones, okay? Just immediately, you just pass them. If you're coming up to them um, and you want to let them know you're passing them, you just like do like the two little quick honk twice. Uh, honking is not a form of anger, really. I mean, I guess sometimes, but 99% of the honks that you do are like signaling something like you're letting someone know something like hey I'm here uh go ahead um you know stuff like that like there's these little like you like you hear honks all the time and that's not like angry drivers that's like a way to let people know that you're there you're overtaking them you're passing them whatever what have you whatever it might be so you kind of drive all the time with like sort of your thumb ready to hit the honk ready to hit the horn um what else there's barely any red lights and where they are, this is how it works. Now, I, I think in California this actually does work, that motorcycles are allowed to split lanes and go up the middle. But it's totally happening in Bali. So uh, the, you get to the red light. All of the cars, right, 
they're all just in the line and all of the scooters just make their way up the sidewalk, make their way up the middle of the road, make their way in between the cars, and they all end up in a big old gaggle in the front of the red light. Then when their light turns green, every, like, there's just like an army of scooters as if they just took off for a race at the same time uh, going down the street. And it's honestly, it's, it's super cool. If there's traffic, it doesn't matter for you as a scooter. Like, it has to be really bad traffic for you to actually get stuck as a scooter because that means a lot of scooters are also stuck, which means all the small spaces in between the cars are also filled up. And that happens. Sure, that happens. Um, but you'll go up and down the sidewalks, you know? Like, it doesn't matter. If there's a way for you to get forward, they will take it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, the people on the sidewalk might have to move because all the scooters need to come through, stuff like that. Gonna be a loud tractor going by us with one of those sand cleaners. One second as I pass this guy. Hear that? Big old tractor. Okay. Okay, cool. So, uh, traffic is absolutely crazy. Um, for the most part, you drive pretty safe speeds down the main road. Like some people are like little speed demons, but I've like never seen anyone pulled over for speeding. I have been pulled over twice. And uh, it's, it's kind of a, a, a bit of a chilling experience because, uh, you know, I mean, you're in a new world. You don't really know what's going on. You hear about, like, Bali police's kind of, like, semi-corrupt uh, sort of situations. Like, you know, it's, it's like this in a lot of uh, smaller, you know, countries and such. And, and, and honestly, I, I kind of think that it partially is a good thing because you kind of, like, in a corrupt sort of way, justice is served on the spot. And I don't know if that's such a, a bad thing sometimes. So uh, actually, I'll tell that story. That that that's pretty good. And then we'll hit the we'll hit the night driving, and then we'll and then we'll close this out. So um, so I got pulled over twice for the same reason. I had somebody on the back of my scooter, and I only have one helmet, so I give the helmet to them. I'm like, here, you wear the helmet. And then I got pulled over for not having a helmet. Now, how cool is that? This place with like no rules, and a lot of the safety is just sort of like man-made. Like you just sort of. You just try to do right, and that's how it stays safe in an organized, chaotic fashion. But wearing a helmet, now you'll see plenty of people not wearing helmets, but you'll get stopped for not wearing a helmet. And that's, honestly, I think that's kind of cool because you see tons of people with road rash on their arms and their legs and such because they they took a dive down. Like, people are crashing. People are wrecking. It's not, like, super safe. And, um... You know, the helmet's protecting the brain, man. That's the one thing you got to keep alive. So I, I get it. Now, when I'm riding with someone else, I'm like, you know, it's kind of like a chivalrous thing. Like, if there's a girl on the back of the scooter, like, give the girl the helmet. Like, her brain's more important. You know what I mean? That's like sort of like, I don't know. I, I definitely get that from my dad. Like, you, you, you know what I mean? Like, like you, prioritize, you prioritize the person you're with. Um, so I got pulled over twice. They just kind of flag you. Like, they're just on the side of the road, um, and they're like, just pull over. It's like, oh, no. And I had heard all about this. It's like, basically, like, have some bribe money. Um, they're going to ask for a donation after they scare you about what could happen. And that's exactly what happened. So I got pulled over. I got taken into this little police booth. So you're kind of, like, separated from everything, which already is sort of intimidation, and I'm sure that's the point. And then they explain, like, no helmet. It's, um... You know, it's 500,000 rupiah, which, you know, honestly is not that bad, you know, um, 500,000 rupiah, and you have to give your international driver's license, so if you don't know this, um, a regular, like, U.S. license if you're a Westerner, um, it doesn't work. You have to go, go and get your international driver's license, which you can do at AAA. It costs, like, 
nothing to do. You just show stuff and you get an international driver's license. Um, you have, you have an international driver's license on you and they will take it away from you apparently. And then that gets you to go to traffic court to argue your case in front of the judge. And then you can get your license back. Okay. So I bet nobody does that. (laughs) I bet almost nobody does that. No tourist does that. Like that's the scare money up front or, or money fine, pay the fine to the court, get your license back. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you can make a donation. And that's where like everything just gets kind of quiet and they just, you know, you give them money. They don't say a certain amount or at least they didn't for me twice. I just gave money. Um, I can tell you the first time I gave, I, I, I'm almost positive it was 500K, which, uh, you know what I mean? Like, the, or, or, no, 400K. It was less than the fine. So if he said the fine was 500K, I gave less, but not much less. 400K. Um, and I had a little wallet that basically had two pockets, like two zipper pockets. And I kept one for all my real stuff. And then I kept the other one with my bribe money. And that was kind of like, so, so you, you know, I didn't want to show them how much money I had on me. So I only opened the zipper pocket with like that much and like, and I just give him all of that. And then it looks like I just emptied my wallet into him. So, uh, you know, what more can you ask for? Like, this is the maximum donation I have right now. So he took it, no problem. And actually that, oh, that's what it was. I gave him 500,000. He gave me 100K back. Okay, now that is shocking. Also, that means I totally overpaid. I totally overpaid the, the, the bribe so badly that he gave me change. The cops gave me change from the bribe. Okay, that's so hilarious. I forgot about that part until just now. So that's what happened. Now, I told people, all my friends, that this all happened. They said, you know, like, oh, no, like, like 100K, like 150K, like 80K. You know, they were all saying, like, these really low numbers. And I was like, well, I hate to be too low and, like, not have enough. You know, I was like, I'd rather overspend it. We are talking about the difference of, like, a dollar, a dollar fifty. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay. But 400K was, like, way more than necessary. I forgot about that. He gave me the change. How funny is that? I gave a bribe and the guy gave me change back. <laughs> like, is that like the epitome of overpaying? And like, does that make him honest? <laughs> I don't know. He puts it in his pocket and goes home. So I don't know. Anyways, those were both stories. Now, I didn't argue it. I was in the wrong. I knew I needed a helmet on. I was just, I only had one. I had two people in the scooter. I had to make a choice. You know, I think we probably would have got pulled over and she uh, would have had to deal with the whole bride thing. And I much, much, much prefer me to be the one that's. Uh, in front of the cops than, than, you know, than someone else. So it's like, kind of like, I know I'm doing it wrong, but if it goes wrong, this is the way I want it to happen is me be the one to deal with the problem. So, uh, that happened twice. So, you know, wear your helmet and we're at 23 minutes here. So I am going to cut this off, but I do want to just bring up just, um, actually I'm going to bring up the making friends part. So this is part of the deal. When you're on a scooter, it is so much easier to hang out with your friends, to get places. You're on WhatsApp all the time and people are hollering at you and saying, come over here, come over here. And just the ability to just like hop in your car, just like the old times, but you're in Bali and hop on your scooter and go zip down, you know, 10 minutes away, just like instantly and like meet someone for lunch, you know, or drink or meet at the beach for sunset or whatever. It's just, it's just absolutely wonderful. There's nothing, it's really funny. 
and this is going to lead us into our episode for tomorrow, and this deals with the community you find. Bali is full of Indonesian people, but it is also full of Australian people. It's full of European people. There's U.S. people. There's South Americans. Everybody is there. Like, it is this melting pot because it's, you know, quite, quite a treasure in the world. And once you get there, it's not a, it's not a whole lot uh, of cash to, to live monthly, you know, decently and monthly. It's just the upfront expense of getting there. But once you're there, it's kind of it's good. And when you need to leave and then come back because your visa runs out, which we will talk about in another time, um, it's a pretty easy thing to do. And then you get a fresh amount of days you can stay in Bali. And then, again, you just stay in Bali. So, you know, you get this community feel. It's not, there's a lot of people that are speaking English there just fine. And you, you get into this amazing community. And this is where I'm going to lead you for tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to talk about... How you get into a community once you leave everyone and everything you know. And that was basically what happened to me when I sold it all and moved to Bali. I, I left everyone I know. Now, yeah, I had some WhatsApp groups, but I left them like, you know, day to day. I didn't know a single person. I didn't know anybody in Bali. I had zero contacts. I had my bag and me. And now this is how I live now. So I got to find friends. I got to find community. And we're going to talk about the community. So... You're not alone when you leave everyone you know is going to be the title of that. Uh, It's 25 minutes into this. My coffee's about halfway done. Thank you once again, Simon, for supporting the show. If you enjoyed this story and you'd like to continue this on and you feel like you'd like to throw a little bit of something in the tip jar, if you were walking by me like a musician on the street, I have a buy me a coffee uh, thing attached to this. Uh, It's in the show notes here. It's in the link. You can just scroll down, but also you can just type in buymeacoffee.com slash wade sellers and you can buy me a coffee or two it's it's up to you this it's not about getting rich or anything but if you enjoy the show and you think this is fun this is how you throw a dollar in the tip jar i will be back tomorrow morning to create another walk with you so thank you for coming on a walk with wade this is walk number five we are five for five tomorrow we are going to be six for six and we're going to take i'm going to take you back to bali so with that have a fantastic day and i will see you tomorrow bye